Koshcast joins you after a weekend that saw loads of exciting things happen that didn't mean very much at all. At the Emirates, Arsenal sort of proved that Xhaka can sort of shoot while getting their first victory over the Dark Lord since Gollum fell into the fires of Mount Doom. Elsewhere, this time, it's not lasagna that makes Spurs sick, but there is ham involved, and on Monday, Matic scratches Middlesbrough out of the league. There's also La Liga chat, as Real Madrid leave Tony Adams with Granada to show for his efforts, and in Italy, Juve failed to higwind things up other than Mihailovic, of course. Finally, we'll talk Toronto FC getting the best victory in Seattle since the Emerald City implemented a $15 minimum wage. Avanti. Hello and welcome to the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and we have Roche. Hey, How are you? how's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm decent, yeah. Good. It's a nice good, day good. outside. So. It is lovely. Yeah. Um, and guess who's back? Back, back again. again. Uh, Mohanan's oh. back. Yeah, it was close. It was close enough. Yeah. Well, you didn't join in. Well, yeah, because there was a failure of lyrics over there. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Mohanan, how are you? Fantastic, man. I, I feel great. I feel refreshed. Where, where, where were you? I was in Spain. I went to Barcelona, Madrid, Sevilla, Granada. But more importantly, football-wise, yeah. I saw two Barcelona games. Of course. Um, which, yeah. When we were on our Euro trip last year, I never, me and Alex, me and you, um, we never got to see a Barcelona game, only Bernie and Roche did. So this was something that I really wanted to, you know, take off my bucket list, the Messi thing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he scored two goals, Suarez scored a hat-trick, Neymar scored two. This is obviously over two games. I saw them against Espanyol and then Villarreal. So 3-0, 4-1. When Bernie and I saw Barcelona, they lost at home to Valencia. <laughs> And so you saw two wins. It was also, I think, their worst ever run of form. They had lost like three games in a row at that time when you guys were there. Shambolic. So, I mean, I just have one question. Did Messi give you any moments of personal pleasure? He did. I mean, he did a Penenka penalty. And, I mean, I was was gone. Like, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to go. I'll see you guys all later. Excuse me for a sec. That was on your side, your corner flag. I was on the corner where Neymar absolutely emasculated that guy to then cross it into Suarez who got the handball and then messed up the penalty and Neymar was just having so much fun on, on my corner mm. I was so close too I wasn't like all the way up at the new Camp or like where it gets really high and it was just mesmerizing to watch it nice. was fantastic I mean also I was able to you know watch up close how bad Andre Gomsch is oh here we bad. go Oh, yeah. here we go. And how bad is he? He's worse than Rakitic, and that's all you need well, to Well, obviously, Rakitic is brilliant. Can sure. we, let's save this for later, okay. shall we? All right, I don't want to start on a bad note. Um, <laughs> no. Why don't we start in the Premier League? On a very good note. On a very good note, if you're not Roche. <laughs> um, and Bernie, by the way, isn't here because he's in Nigeria getting married. And, and I mean, priority. That's, yes. that's a very good excuse for Bernie, but the last... Four or five times that United have been in a spot of bother after a bad result. <laughs> He's left you with it. I have been potting alone with yeah. Mohamed and Alex, and here we go again. All right, uh, well, let's get into it then. Um, Arsenal 2, Manchester United 0, Arsene Wenger's first league victory over Jose Mourinho. And Jose Mourinho's like forever, never beating a top six side away from home. Yeah, 900 something days since he's done that. There's, there's a lot of like flatness to this result though, like. I mean, even as an Arsenal fan, I mean, I, I put myself in an Arsenal supporter's shoes and I'm like, okay, we won, but it's so bittersweet at this point, I can't really enjoy this victory. My, my biggest disappointment about this game is how much the hype has died about an Arsenal-United game. Yes, like, even exactly. as an Arsenal yeah. supporter, it's like, back in the day, this was the game. This was up there close to El Clasico, you know, in the early 2000s, and people would tune in knowing they'd get one of the best games they'll see all year. Now... 
Well, you know, Arsenal, I think the last time both of these teams have played each other when they weren't either of them in the top four was like decades ago. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. The, the hype isn't there. Mourinho put out like a weak side, which would have never happened with the, you know, the heyday of the Arsene Wenger, Sir Alex Ferguson. Like, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, speaking about the teams, like I, when I was watching this game, I legitimately thought to myself, which team is at the end of a cycle and which team is at the beginning of a cycle? It's hard to... You can go either way with both teams. I mean, I would say that neither of the... They're both kind of in these weird transition states where Arsenal don't know one end of uh, anything from another. We have no idea what the situation there is. Well, will they have a new manager next season? No. Um, but, you know, <laughs> will half the squad go and they, will they have to make five signings? And United, you know that, that Mourinho will spend a ton of money in the summer. And so that squad will look very different too. But with it, will it actually get any better? We don't know. But... The thing with this game is, you're right, the hype has died. This is now the equivalent of, like, Southampton, Everton yeah, or like, something. Like, like, you can't get more excited than that. Even as an Arsenal fan, I couldn't imagine the neutral would be like, yeah, this is not exciting. I mean, I would, I, I think people would watch something like a Spurs-Liverpool at this point if both games oh, were on. Oh, that's like, that, that yeah. would be a great game. Which is a shame, which is a shame for, for these two clubs, which were, you know... I mean, I'm sure United will be great again. Uh, Arsenal, debatable. But, you know... You didn't Anyways, take uh, Trump's political slogan there? Yeah. I United mean, will be great At this again. point, I will take Trump as manager. Wow. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. You'd put him in goal because he can build a wall. Um, or, or I guess he can't. Yeah. But anyway, um, it, it was fitting for a game this shit that, yeah. um, that Xhaka scored from a, a horrendous deflection. Well, I have to say, Herrera really pulled out of that one. I mean, he, he wasn't... I mean, he didn't really saw, pull out properly, though. <laughs> we saw the Coquelin attempt. At blocking Rooney's uh, Rooney's shot, a where he block, kind of, if you would, yeah. literally where he kind of spider man himself into mm. the air. Herrera in this one kind of just like looked away, almost did an Arsenal player thing, and then it went off his shoulder over uh, De Gea. Yeah, this was uh, the most unmanliest moment that Ander Herrera has had this season. And Perhaps. he likes to pretend that he's tough. He does. Uh, yeah. He gives it his all except for this one moment. And it was a perfect deflection. I mean, oh, yeah. a perfect deflection. <laughs> yes. Mourinho set up the, uh, the team to draw. Yeah. We know that. Um, he rested a lot of players because he had the Europa League game. And then, you know, schedule gets a bit crazy for United. And he did really well in, t- in setting up this defeat before it even happened. Yep. That it's okay. It's expected. Don't worry about it. And then even post-game in his press conference... You know when Mourinho just says some random crazy stuff so people forget about the game and just talk about what he's done? He did the same. He talked about the Arsenal fans being happy and Arsenal... Can, can I give you the quote? Yeah, please. Because it's, it's pretty peak Mourinho, this. Mm. Yeah. This is the first time I have seen the Arsenal fans happy. I left Highbury and they were crying. I left the Emirates and they were crying. Today, they had their scarves out and they were singing. Arsenal fans are happy and I'm happy for them. They are a big club. Do not think that I am happy they are not winning trophies. Unbelievable! It's just, and then that's what everyone talked about. No one talked about the fact that he's never won a top, I guess, a top six side in whatever nine hundred, like what three years, blah blah blah. Like no one talks about that anymore, and he's good at that. Yeah, I guess he he did a good job at diverting the attention away from what actually took place in this game. And what took place was, I think, Axel Twanzebi made his first appearance of the season. Axel what? Twanzebi? Yeah, Twanzebi. I thought he was actually pretty good. He did look quite good, to be fair. Mourinho yeah. did say Alexis will now know his name. He did so, that. I mean, that's yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Um, I don't think Alexis knows anything. I don't think Alexis name. knows his teammates. Maybe. No. But yeah, to your point about how United were set up for the draw in this game, I'm not surprised. They came to stifle Arsenal's game, uh, play on the counter-attack, and I think they actually did... In the initial stages, at least, they did a decent job at that. Yes, and they might even had had have had one or two chances to actually score a goal. I mean, if you, Wayne Rooney hadn't fluffed his lines in front of goal. I, yeah, I don't just. I mean, that was a horrendous miss by Rooney when he was in one on one. The only thing I'll say is, and and I agree that Mourinho set up fairly well for the draw 
And they were unlucky to go a goal behind, obviously, which changed the game. But one thing that I noticed is that both Ramsey and Xhaka actually had good games. Yes. Now, on this form, you have to do something pretty wrong to allow them to have good games. Yeah. And what you do with them is you just pressure them on the ball. And they don't like it. They don't know what to do. But if given time and space, they're quite effective players. And I, I don't know. I thought United got that wrong, at least in the midfield. I, I think, yeah, when Ramsey has a good game, it's, it's a bit more on the opposition to, like, why did he allow him to? Because a little bit of pressure and he fluffs his line. He gets, he's not very good under pressure. Um, him and Saka played really well. I think holding as well, you have to give a shout-out to. The, the guy played so well against City in the FA Cup. Then he played so well against United here. Two million by, very young. Apart from that um, one back pass. Uh, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> but which Rooney messed up, but... In the end, I think it's really good that we saw Arsene start with Welbeck up top instead of Giroud because in this new formation that he's trying to play, you need that mobility. Yes. Um, right. And it, it showed with Welbeck scoring the second goal, um, a header from an Oxlade cross. Oxlade has been fantastic, by the way. Um, and people have right. likened that goal to the Henri goal from the uh, Bouwe cross. Um, right. If you remember, right. it looks... It was 10 years ago. I'm just saying it looked it very similar. It was the 10th anniversary of that goal. But yeah, no, I think that you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, in the initial stages, United looked to stifle Arsenal's pressing. And they actually looked like they were going to pass their way out of uh, the tight, uh, high pressing. But then they just started sitting back. And whenever United did have the ball, Arsenal knew that they were going to play a very slow game and kind of just wait for them. So Arsenal also sat back, and it was just a game of patience at that point. Yeah. So it's not surprising to see that uh, Shaka and Ramsey just had all the time in the world to pass the ball around that midfield. Yeah, that's fair. Um, just on the Welbeck thing, um, Arsene Wenger said, that's the kind of goal you want from Danny. He has all the abilities a striker needs. Hopefully that will give him a boost. And I think that really summed it up because it's like, he's got everything a striker needs, but it just doesn't translate yeah. into goals. Yeah. It's like... He does physically, you know, he, he's intelligent in his runs and stuff, but it just doesn't translate and, into And it. that's exactly how United fans felt about him. Yeah. And why we sold him to. Well, it's, it's so frustrating. I, I mean, the thing with, with Welbeck as well is that clearly he's been bought just to score against United. Like, that's all he, he does. He's so much better against United than he is against <laughs> yeah. anyone else. Yeah, um, but in the end, I mean, 2 0 to Arsenal, three points which were very needed for Arsenal's fight for the top four. I think that pretty much. Ends United's kind of hopes for a top four to get into Champions League. I think they should they should pretty much focus on winning the uh, the Europa League as, as well, which is very doable. I mean, as Mourinho said, yeah, one nil up against was it Copenhagen? Celta Vigo. Oh, Celta Vigo. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Although what I would say to that is Arsenal are uh, on thirty four games and sixty three points. United thirty five games, sixty five points. Right. If Arsenal win their game of hand, which is not a given, they're only one point ahead of United. So if Arsenal is still in it, so are United. Sure. Sure. Um, other than that, I think, I mean, this game was, again, it wasn't the best of games. It was, you know, not that eventful. Um, uh, any other points? I think that's pretty much it for me. No, I'm done. Yeah, 2-0 to Arsenal. And, uh, well, Marcus Rashford came on and scored, or, or not scored, had more touches and tackles than Rooney, as well as distance covered. Rooney missed six out of six tackles. It was quite funny. Rooney needs a new club or a new job yeah, right. so yeah also I'd also like to add that at halftime I went on the treadmill to take a run because this game was so boring uh. and I covered more ground than Wayne Rooney did for nine minutes <laughs> I'm sure and he you probably ran for like three minutes yeah um, so from that to top of the table Chelsea Middlesbrough Mid- and uh, well and bottom of the table yes mm. and um, although not officially Chelsea kind of won it today while relegating Middlesbrough today. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. it, but, but Chelsea, I think, stepped up a gear against an admittedly poor team. But Chelsea were brilliant. I mean, Fabregas ran this game. He was fantastic in midfield. He looked so good. And Conte is really smart. He knows when to play Fabregas, when to rest him. 
Um, same with Pedro. Like he, Conte he needs to make that decision because he's got a few guys and he can't play all of them. William, Pedro, and Fabregas cannot all play at the same time. And Conte seems to always make the right decision on which guy to play. He went through his William phase, then he went through his Pedro phase, and now he's going through his Fabregas phase. And he's, I think he's managed that quite well. I agree with you 100%. All I'll say is today, Conte was injured, which made life a bit Oh, easier. right. Okay, okay, okay. Which, sure. although, which is a talking point on its own because that doesn't happen. Yeah, he was injured. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Thigh muscle, apparently. He, uh, he also won the... Writers Association ah, Player of the Year. Yeah. Well, Chelsea are pretty much champions of the league at yes. this point. Um, so good for them. But I also like to point out how Middlesbrough took a 2-2 draw to Man City in their last game and then got shit on by Chelsea. I mean, they got absolutely destroyed today. Chelsea had all the ball, all the possession. Um, Alonso with another goal to make it six this season. Six, six yeah. from wing back. And, that's and very three impressive. assists. You know, I was about to... So earlier in the season on Fantasy, the top three defenders for, for points scored were Chelsea defenders. Yeah. Alonso was one of them. He must be the best one now. It's risky. It's risky putting them all Chelsea. Yeah. But, the, yeah. the thing is, fantasy fantasy football hasn't caught up with the change in formations. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So you've got midfield. Like, Victor Moses is still a midfielder, but yeah, so he doesn't get clean sheets and yeah. all that kind of thing. Anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sesk, talking about Sesk, has now assisted 10-plus goals in six different Premier League seasons, which is more than any other He's player. the second most assister in the history of the Premier League, and he's played, like, a gazillion less games than gigs. I wish he was likable. Yeah, I, I wish he was likable. He I just mean, isn't. I've always said that if Cesc had stayed at Arsenal, continued his trajectory of the yeah. improvement that he's been on, he would have been right now being talked about as one of the best midfielders to ever play the game. Had he kind of not went through that Barcelona dip um, in, in his yeah. career. The thing was, he wasn't even bad at Barcelona. <laughs> no, no, sure, not, not sure. All, but yeah. it's different. If you do it at the Premier League the whole time, you're on that trajectory. Like, I think he would have really been regarded as one of the best to ever do it in centre midfield. Yeah, I guess, you know, there's... there's there's ways to argue for that and against. I mean, yeah. if you you know played in Spain your whole, if he was at Barcelona his whole life, which is where he like was in the academy, Chaffee. he would be uh, in the same breath as Busquets. Sure. Whereas, like, yeah, I agree with you then in that sense because I I'm pretty much saying exactly what you just said. <laughs> yeah. one, one thing I just wanted to point out on this game, it was two 0 to Chelsea, and I was having a look on Twitter, and uh, someone an account with seven thousand followers said something completely seriously, and the tweet was. Middlesbrough 2 0 down, can't really see them coming back from this. Well, like coming back to the Premier League. <laughs> I was just like, that is top level analysis, Clive. Yeah. They haven't scored two goals all season, but they might do it today. <laughs> like, come yes. on. Yeah, I know. Middlesbrough were, were really bad this game. But to add to the point about Alonso's six goals, I think me and you, Alex, were talking today um, about how Chelsea get all these goals not from their goal scorers. Mm. Because really, they're only, they're only kind of. Flair or goal-scoring threats are Hazard and Costa. And Hazard doesn't even chip in with that much. I wrote that article about the PFA team of the year. And Hazard doesn't even have that, have that many goals. He's just very effective in other ways. So it's really just Costa. He has 20 goals right now. Yeah, you got, what, like a few from Willian, That's a, a few thing. from Pedro. And yeah. Matic. Matic has got a Matic goal. Matic now is now on three, you I have think. six from K. Like, you have K- crazy numbers bunch, yeah. from... from, from yeah. From defense, a real team really effort, and yeah. it's shown all season. Chelsea have been the best team in the league for sure, for sure. Unfortunately um, for Tottenham, yeah. So that's Middlesbrough down with Sunderland. Um, yeah, that leaves that leaves one more spot to go. Uh, but let's move on to why Chelsea are kind of pretty much won the league. It's again because Tottenham missed their chance to keep on the pressure mm. by bizarrely losing to West Ham one nil. Um, I mean, Tottenham were on, a, I think, a nine-game winning streak. Yeah. They looked unstoppable. And they just beat Arsenal. Yeah, they looked unstoppable. Everything was great. And then they... I mean, losing to West Ham at the end of the season is becoming a bit of a tradition. Yeah. They, they always beat them earlier in the season and then lose to them later. It's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate for the title race because it looked like it might be exciting until the last week. But um, Tottenham, 
this was weird. I mean, they weren't particularly bad. They weren't as good as they have been recently, but they had chances to win it. Adrian made a couple of very good saves, including one from Kane, and and then the the Dyer header from the corner. And then I, I mean, to be fair, like, to be fair, there was a spell where Tottenham should have scored like three goals. Yeah, yeah. And once that didn't happen, it seems like West Ham just held on. Um, they got their goal, and they just. Again, held on. It's like they held on, got their goal, held on. <laughs> and then held on again. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a 1-0 capitulation from a Spurs standpoint. Lanzini is a player I really like. Do you like it because he only scores against Spurs? Yeah. <laughs> so so the question here is, I mean, Tottenham were also on a run last season where they were chasing Leicester. And yeah. It looked like they would have usurped Leicester at the top. So are they choking at the end? I, I, I wouldn't harsh, say so. Harsh, yet there is something to it. Well, the thing is this. If you say... like, it, I've read a lot of Spurs fans, like obviously because Arsenal fans are all online, we're always like goading them on and all, but Spurs fans were saying something that I, I think makes a little bit of sense, which is, if we're never expected to be there, then maybe it's not choking. Choking is almost like, you're expected to be there, this is what you should be doing, and you failed short of the mark. But the fact that Tottenham have come now second two seasons in a row... Unfortunately, it's it's annoying to say, but it is an achievement. I and mean, they didn't actually come second last year. Oh, they yeah, did. they did bottle it. They did bottle second on the last day. They slipped yeah, to third. True. But but I think the point you stands. I, mean, I think yeah. like there there really isn't any reason, and I've said this before, beyond Pochettino's brilliance, that they should be in this position so, financially. What? Who was second last season? Arsenal. Arsenal. What? On the last but day like of the season. Point. Rubbish, yeah, bollocks. <laughs> bollocks. Well, um, no, I mean, they didn't deserve it, but still. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there isn't really any reason that they should be in this position beyond the kind of development that, that Pochettino has done. So I, I do take that argument. On the other hand, it's just disappointing for them that they've lost a game that they really should have won. So, True. Well, I mean, at least they still have that finishing above Arsenal this season to hold on to. That's yeah, an and, achievement. And I mean, that, that's a good point. That, that I mean, I don't think we should brush over that because it is it is a big deal. It is. Uh, Arsenal fans always make fun of them for it. Twenty one years, whatever, and you know, no Saint Tottenham's Day and all that. And that is a big deal. I mean, well, sure. Arsenal fans now will be like, "Haha, look at you celebrating." But you know, if you're gonna give it, you gotta take it. So, sure. yeah, yeah, that's good. Wise. Um, wow. Let's do the quiz before we, we sure. talk some more because right. I, I missed it. Okay. Welcome to our Crystal Palace Yes This week Quite Yeah um, Let's hope they stay up now that we've used them in the quiz I think they should Yeah, yeah. Should. Big Sam Down Anyways um, The quiz as always brought to you by Open Sports Which is an app you can download on Android, iOS, all that good stuff To find local sports happening in your area Kickabouts Pick, up. Pick up All that good stuff Yep Obviously we're interested in the soccer portion Football, whatever you want to call it. Not field hockey? Not field hockey. But they do do cool stuff, so you should check them out. I have once played on a pitch after people were playing field hockey. Yeah. They're vicious. Oh, like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. They're quite vicious. Anyway, Mohamed. You guys ready for the quiz? Yeah. Rache, remind us you're buzzing. That was easy. And Alex. All right. Here we go. Let's hope you uh, you guys do better than the last quiz that I heard. I can see through the paper with that sunlight. <laughs> okay. Question number one. <laughs> Messi just joined the list of players with 500 plus goals for one club. Name as many others as you can who have done the same. That was easy. Pele. Yes. Do you know for who? Santos. Yeah, well, Roche still gets that. Yes. Anyone else? There's one more you should get. The rest you won't. Romario. No. Good play, shout. Play, play for Bayern. 500 goals for Bayern? Yeah. Oh, Gerd Müller. Well done. Oh. That, was the, that was the answer last week or well, two weeks uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, Gerd Müller. Yeah, it was twice. Mm. Um, the rest, I mean, I'm not going to name them because... They're tricky, but someone did it for Celtics, Slavia, Prague, Lisbon, cool okay. stuff. Okay, question number two. Eusebio. No. 
I mean, I would expect you to get Henrik Larsson. No. <laughs> the, okay, we're not going through every Terry. Get on with it. Question number two. John Terry recently announced he's leaving Chelsea. Bellend. Wrong. Well, I mean, <laughs> close. But how many league titles has he won? Alex. Six. Nope. Three. Nope. Four. Yes. Ah. Is that a, all right? I mean, you went six. That was way too much. Sure. Um, that's in the 0405, 0506, 9-10, 14-15, and then probably. I this mean, the one. fifth one will be this season. So it could be five, and Alex is closing. Could. But be. I'll take the point. <laughs> Last question. What is the closest Adibayor has gotten to the Champions League trophy? That was easy. Semi-finals. No. Is this a trick question? Like no. Physically, how close? No, is no, not physically. Semi-finals is not the answer. Alex. Quarter-finals. No. Okay, that's it. The answer is runner-up with Monaco in the 03-04 season. Oh, yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah. nice. That's a good one. Thank yeah. you. There had to be one good question. Yeah, yeah there was. Wow. Yeah. Manchester City, Five. Crystal Palace, no. great result for the citizens. Great timing by Richard. They needed this, even though their season is over. Yeah, so Crystal Palace is one of those, like, will they make it, will they not make it? Because they have this crazy run, and Alex wrote about it, and how it looked like they're doomed. But then they beat Everyone. Liverpool, Arsenal, and Chelsea, Yes, which was incredible. And I, was, I think I was talking to my brother, saying, if Palace right now were like in the Europa League zones... And they got these three wins, let's say. They'd be pushing for a, for a top four spot. And as I said last week, Allardyce would get the England job. Yeah, again. again. Yeah. Crystal Palace, with eight games played, had the second highest form ranking in the Premier League. Yeah. Until the last two weeks, of course. Yeah, it was incredible. But then City was one, one, one too much. Vincent Company's finish. Ooh. That was probably their best finish all season. That yeah. curling into the post, that angle... Yeah, I don't think the cameras even had the right position for that. Probably not. The right lens. Probably not. I mean, yeah, the right lens. Company exactly. scored. Uh, you know who does have the right lens? Dick Advocat. Hey, well done. But he has no ears. That yeah. is also true. Because <laughs> um, you know, with companies, usually the wide lens. Yeah, oh, so you need the biggest lens you can possibly get. <laughs> Company and Otamendi scored. That's how you know it's a good day, and yeah. that's how you know it's a bad day. To, to be Crystal fair, Palace. also Kevin De Bruyne scored, and in his form, you now know that Crystal Palace had a bad game. He scored like three and twenty-five or something ridiculous. Like he's, he's well, been on really bad. Form. He, he had a goal and two assists in this game, but I just want to point out how bad Crystal Palace's goalkeeper was. Because Hennessy, Wayne Hennessy, he got his hand to a few. Was he drunk? He got his hand to a few. He uh, could have saved like yeah, Kevin De Bruyne. It's that weak wrist. It's that Chesney weak wrist. Mm, yeah. Except for Vincent Company's goal. Yes, um, like, that was the goal just, of the day. Oh, it, it was fabulous. And and just to to balance out Mohamed's bashing of De Bruyne, there he does have 15 assists, which is apparently more than like any other City player ever in a season. Oh, what do you mean ever? Yeah. Even David Silva? Even David Silva. Well, that's the thing. Speaking of David Silva, I was going to say, he played a much better game, for example. Oh, but he's he, been brilliant. He's, for the past, I'd say, four or five games, Silva has run the show. Yes. He's looked so good for City. And I've been super impressed. And I, Silva, we talked about him, I think, two podcasts ago. We said that stat about him, like, whatever, the most chance created since he got the Premier League. And he's a class, class player. He's one of... Like, no one hates David Silva. He's so likable. No, he is... In that league, that when I think about him and like play, players like him and Santi Cazorla, who could have played in like Pep's Barcelona yeah, team yeah. and won everything, yes. but just due to circumstance. In fact, I think both of them are actually somewhat close to signing for and, Barcelona and, at various points. And Rodwell, and, and yeah, obviously Jack Rodwell yeah. as well. Um, but you know, it's just it's not that he has a, hasn't had a good career. 
but it could have been something else. Yeah. But, but the but, right move. But the you know problem I mean? is you've got 11 players in, let's say, the yes. Pep team or the whoever team. And unfortunately, uh, it no, can't be all. Yeah, I know, of course, what, you mean. I know what you mean. Anyway. So, so 5-0 to City, and they're pretty much in the top four. Uh, it's not cut and dry. I mean, they've played 35. They were on 69 points. So United are, are, are four points behind. Arsenal will be three points behind if they win their game in hand. And, but City are also only one point behind Liverpool, so it's all yeah. it's all a mess. Yeah, you never but it's in, the, it's in more or less in their hands. It I, think, I mean, it is in their hands for sure. The top four, as we see it right now, it would take something to happen for either Arsenal or United to make that top four. Yes, things do need to happen. I mean, things, things like Liverpool drawing with Southampton nil nil. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is something that happened. This was the worst game. I mean, I thought it would be Sunderland Watford, but it turns out. <laughs> It was Liverpool, Southampton. Well, it was Liverpool and their reserve side. Basically, well, their feeder club. Yes. Yeah. But also, James Milner's penalty miss was not his fault. Miss no. Yeah, it wasn't a miss. It was a save. I'm so glad he said that because I was talking to Alex about this and Alex was like, did you see Milner's uh, penalty? And I was like, Milner, I was waiting to see the mess up. And it was brilliant. He struck it well. He hit it true. It was going to that bottom corner and it looked amazing. And then I don't know how... Forrester went down so quick with such a strong wrist. Yeah. It was fantastic. Great he, wrist for a big man. Yeah. So I think he just picked a side and he just gave it his all and to this, get there. That's the thing. Yeah. Like He's about seven foot. So if he goes the right way early enough, he can reach just about anything. It's just a question of timing. It, it was a great handball, though, for the penalty. Where oh, the, yeah. the defender, like He almost like did that chicken dance thing Stevens, and like, yeah. hit, it out the, hit it out there with his now, elbow. We recently saw a very, very precise penalty from Harry Kane that mm. went straight into the side netting. Against uh, Arsenal. Against Arsenal. And I'm wondering if Milner's penalty was equally as accurate. It wasn't... I'll tell you why. Kane didn't actually hit it true, if you look at he it. He hit like, it into the ground, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Milner yeah. hit it just right. I know. It, anyways, it was a great save. But um, on, Yeah, it was. But on Milner, hasn't missed one since November 2009. He's been very good at them, to be fair, including this one. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to put your hand up and say, you know, keeper made the save. He's another one that fantasy football has screwed over. Because yeah, he's still a midfielder. <laughs> yeah. Um, another, yeah. I mean, Liverpool don't keep clean sheets anyway. So true, fine. true. Um, something quickly about Sturridge. He came on, or was playing, whatever it was, and, you know, he's had his haircut and all that. And he's clearly not going to be at Liverpool next season. It's Not with that haircut. Though. No, it's very clear. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't fit the Moreno style. But, question is, where could he go? Because I was talking to Alex today, and I was saying, if it, if it weren't Liverpool-Everton thing, I could see him as a good replacement for Lukaku once Lukaku leaves Everton. But it won't happen because that's, of the Everton connection. And that's exactly what I was going, going to say out oh. of my mouth for the first club. Everton would be a perfect club right. for him. But let's assume that can happen because of the rivalry. I actually Where wouldn't was? assume that. Mm. I, I think times have changed. I mean, there have been people that have transferred between them before. Yeah. Nick Barmby, for example. <laughs> but wow. but I, I'm not sure. Like Liverpool fans aren't going to care no, much because no, no. they don't really like him in the first place. And Everton fans would take him because they're getting the player. So yeah. they don't mind. And I don't think he would be would, no. would feel any particular loyalty to Liverpool at this point. Other so, question is, where would he go? Where else could he go? I think, I mean, Southampton's a reasonable shout. I think, frankly, any team just outside the top four. But Sturridge, Stur- <laughs> Ooh, Sturridge has, uh, he can play left back. Sturridge <laughs> has this thing I feel about him where he's, he has this pride. He feels he's slightly better than he is or he has really big trust in his abilities. And I don't think he wants to get, he'll feel like a demotion going into a... Uh, Southampton or even even an Everton slightly like I feel he what has about trust a in his... 
Uh, the, the, the thing is, uh, it, it's all about style of play, right? Leicester play this this really intense, high octane physical, and, he doesn't and that's what he doesn't really engage in. I actually think, like, what would actually be best for him stylistically would be Italy. Uh, I mean, he would be fantastic in Italy, presuming he's not fit. enough. There's not enough British guys out there. No, there aren't. But yeah. uh, you know, he could call up Mika Richards. He could be like, "How is life in Florence?" Or he can join Granada. Sure. Yeah, they'll take anyone. Yeah. Uh, or Las Palmas. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, moving on, speaking of Everton, they are an incredibly frustrating team. Uh, they lost to Swansea 1-0. Swansea, which, by the way, really needed this win to now, we'll talk about other results, but to now put the whole relegation thing in their hands by you know, coming out of the relegation zone. Yes. Um, and I read reports about this game, and it was they were saying that they have never seen a stadium, stadium of light, right? In no. Liberty Stadium. Yes. Yes. Okay. Second second time. Liberty Stadium, they've never seen it this buzzing. They've never seen it this intense. And apparently the atmosphere was fantastic. They really riled the team on and they deserved their win. And you know, I watched this game and I saw that Everton clearly had no motivation. If you look at the table, they're not making the top four. And they're not they're not gonna be usurped by West Brom, who are like Thirteen points behind. Who them. stopped yeah. playing football once they hit forty points? Right? And, and to be fair, Everton have also stopped playing football because I think Llorente scored with his face. Pretty much. I mean, this is the thing that, that's funny about Swansea's survival is if they make it, it will be because this team, who is known for playing attractive football and four three three and getting on the, all they do is put it in the mixer for Llorente. Like that is the only thing that has worked for them this season, other than Gilfie Sigurdsson being good. And it's just, it's just funny. You know, a parallel theme from a couple of years ago. Michu was carrying this team. The the long, lanky Spaniard, Michu. It's the same thing again. (laughs) And now it's not a lanky Spaniard, but it's this massive, big bloke, target man, Llorente. No, I agree, but speaking of Sigurdsson, is he ever going to leave to Everton? Again, uh, again, another replacement for Everton is sell Ross Barkley, sell Lukaku, get Sigurdsson and Sturridge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, Sigurdsson will leave this summer, presumably. I mean, every summer we say this, though. No, but like Swansea have never been this bad. Sure. Like, even if they stay up, if they don't make significant investment, he will probably leave. And he's one of their only saleable assets. So if they actually want to make some money, they'll need to get rid of him. Yeah. But, he sh- yeah, he could be playing for a team like Everton. I agree with that. But at the same time, I, I don't know where he would go. I don't know where you could, you could say, okay, whatever club he goes to, so Sigurdsson's going to be number one on the team. Southampton, sheet. Everton. Yeah. Um, that bracket. Leicester. Well, but, they only play four four two. But so, yeah. but Swansea have every chance in the world to be exactly where those. Clubs he would are. make the Arsenal team, and the the, <laughs> the way the way like oh dear. like Wilshire, Ramsey, <laughs> oh, Coquelin, all dear. these people. Yeah, but like, he plays in the number ten. Yeah, level. but he he can play centre mid. I mean, he's more he's he's more productive than Özil. So, <laughs> I mean, quite literally, he, could, he, he is. could he could get in the team. I mean, as a sub, like when when City bring on Fernando or Delph or whoever, if they bring on a a, a cigarette, that's way better. Yeah, I mean, Spurs need backup for Ericsson. He could go back there. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe what I'm hearing, but... Uh, I mean, he, I, I he's just, better I, than Ander Herrera. I, I think... I mean, valid, sure. On, on, this, <laughs> on this game week, sure, but not all game weeks. But I, I really think he's comfortable at Swansea. Sure. He's also... T- it's not just comfortable. That's unfair. Like, it makes it sound like he just sits there and takes the money and does nothing. He carries them. Oh, so yeah. he's comfortable, but he also... T- relishes the challenge which is good for him yes Anyways, um, the reason it's in Swansea's hands is because Hull lost to Sunderland mm-hmm. 2-0 Sunderland at who, home at home Marco who, Silva's home record has now been broken yes yeah uh, I mean him and Mourinho in the same week uh, we recently had a throwback there was the article um, praising Marco Silva's home record but still wishing for Hull to be relegated I think yes. that was specifically in my paragraph that, that's correct yeah. uh, unfortunately 
I mean, Hull will, you know, by the looks of things, get relegated, which is great. But unfortunately, Marco Silva lost his home record. How is it great? I like Hull a lot. I don't know. I just think Hull is a useless, dark, shambolic team. I I, I think that that's dark. Yeah, like when I think about Hull City, I'm just like, okay, like the a little, place. He doesn't like the place. Okay, fair it's enough. Dull. Just checking. It's, it's, um, yeah. No, I, I think the thing is exactly what you said. Everyone's really impressed by Marco Silva, but Hull itself is nothing to to get excited about. So what we want is Hull to go down, so that Marco Silva gets a good job, and then we can see him work his magic in the Premiership at a decent team. Replacing Coleman. Everybody's going to Everton. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's going to Everton. Or um, Arsenal. But guys, come on. Yeah, we can't we can't forget about Sunderland. I mean, what a performance. Two goals. Okay, whoa. I mean, the world will forget about Sunderland. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, just before Pod started, for our listeners specifically, there was a comment made by one of us, Kosh Boys, uh, and the comment was something along the lines of, what is the point of Sunderland winning a game now? Yeah, yes. Well, correct. Like, but, but it was so predictable that they would finally do it after they've been relegated. When the pressure's off. But also, why like, kind of ruin a fellow relegatees chances it just doesn't feel right it it's feels like it a, works, feels maybe. like it's stab in the back it's 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 a useless win this is so moise-esque after <laughs> yeah. the fact no one cares the, i mean it doesn't even matter what you do and you win and won yeah well, well another player another player is the foe gonna go somewhere yeah 100 well, he's on a free so he's gone how old is he now 34 but he's still banging them he's in still banging he'll be in, back man. up somewhere bournemouth swansea or, sure yeah everton everton <laughs> who, uh, needs, who needs a striker united but the, the the person that was actually in the shop window here was Jordan Pickford, um, because he has made about four thousand saves this year, and it's it's easy to do that when you're Sunderland and you're being shot at constantly by everyone. So like he's gonna make the saves, but he was actually brilliant here, and he will probably get a move to someone who needs a keeper. Yeah, he should. I feel like Liverpool might buy another Sunderland goalkeeper. Right, right. And ruin them. Yeah. Let's run through these last results really quickly before we move on. Uh, Bournemouth. Drew with Stoke, 2-2. This is just the middle of the table. No one cares. Um, you know, nothing too exciting. Burnley drew with West Brom, 2-2 as well. Yes. Uh, Pulis taking a line out of Arsene Wenger's book by saying, people who have been giving us stick don't understand. We will make a massive profit at the end of this season. The club is run very professionally. Oh, shut up, Pulis. When did he start caring about that? What has that got to do with anything? Got to do with nothing. Um, Leicester beat Watford, 3-0. Yeah, three games to go. Leicester and ninth. Check this out. Yeah. Leicester and ninth but only secured mathematically uh, their survival mathematically with this win. So, like, anyone from 10th below can still be relegated. So they're going to finish in the second half of the table after, apparently, they're going to get relegated and all that. And Imagine if they'd had Shaky for, for the whole season. Who? Shaky. Oh, oh, your pal, Shaky. They'd be Europa League, mate. Right, they, they would be. Um, anything else on the league? I mean, it looks uh, top four fight. Top of the table is pretty much done. Top four fight is still on. And one more team to get relegated. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Let's uh, move on to move of the week. Yeah. Yes. Abu <laughs> Mumu. One thing we are no sha Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day Mumu go wake up. Mumu of the week time now, and Mumu of the week is brought to you as always by Football Heads. That's F U T B O L Heads with a Z dot com. They are an apparel brand bringing you the freshest snapbacks, beanies, and t shirts to wear with their awesome customized football club oriented designs. And our listeners get 15% off. All you've got to do is type in UTC at the checkout. Can be lowercase, uppercase. Yeah, it's really simple, guys. All you got to do is type UTC. Yeah. If you don't make I, use I, of that discount, I don't know. I what mean, to tell you also you. have to buy a hat. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you can't, can't just, just type the ETC and keep getting 15 bucks. You can just stare at the discount and be like, ooh, <laughs> yes. that's lovely. Anyway, they could probably use that discount every time. That would be Mumu. Yes, yeah. granted. Uh, you know what else is Mumu? Actually, before we move on, 
I just like to explain Momo because uh, new right. listeners, new listeners, uh, Momo is a word in pidgin English which Bernie introduced to us, which means fool or idiot, and we like to point out people who fit that category in the world of football during the week. So, Outside of the field. Out, off the field, yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, the Dutch have done it this week, mm-hmm. again, um, by appointing um, Dick Advocaat as their national team manager for the 400th time. Unbelievable. Uh, so, you know, guess who's, who his assistant is? Uh, Van Nistelrooy. No, worse. Uh, Bert Van Marwijk. Uh, close, but no. The bald, short hair guy. Um, Mark Overmars. No. Dennis Bergkamp. Uh, Clover. It's Rude Van Nistelrooy. Uh, sorry, oh. it's not. Rude Hullet. I'm getting my Rudes mixed up. Oh, it Rude was very Hullet. rude of me. That was rude, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's Rude Hullet. I don't know. If you've ever watched him on TV, he is a complete moron. Is that who Rihanna was singing about in Rude Boy? Wow. <laughs> wow. No. Okay. All right. Just, just asking. Although, well, yeah, no. kind of fits the bill. I just want to read to you uh, Holland's last kind of sequence of managers, right? Because Louis van Gaal, Dick Advocaat, Marco van Basten, Bert van Marwijk, Louis van Gaal, <laughs> Goosehidink, Dick Advocaat. I mean, they just keep going back to what they know. What yeah. do they have? What else do they have? I mean, there's Philip Koku, Van Bronckhorst is doing a wonderful job at Feyenoord. You could... Okay, someone on Twitter, I apologize, I forget your name, but told me that they looked at uh, Roger Schmidt from Leverkusen. That would have actually been quite interesting. But so, someone else on Twitter did say that it, he felt that managers, esteemed managers, are staying away from international jobs because they are less exciting. Ah, yes, yeah, Steve McGovern. Yeah. Friend of the pod. Now, have they ever had a non-Dutch manager? I don't think mm. they have. So maybe that could be a policy they need to revisit. Oh, I agree. They're running out of Dutch people. Well, it sounds like they looked at Roger Schmidt, who I think is German, right? But anyway, yeah, yeah. They, they have run out. Yeah, that's a good move. Uh, I have one from Italy. Uh, Napoli have partnered up with Tinder, <laughs> shockingly. And uh, there's an article right now on a legitimate football website, like actual like main website. And it says, Napoli urge fans to contact Arkadiusz Milik on Tinder and wish him well. Hmm. But there's more to this article. <laughs> Having partnered up with the dating app, the Serie A side have announced that supporters will be able to use it to contact Milik directly with messages of support. DMs. Yeah, slide into that DM. What's more? Just, just don't injure him again. What's more, Milik will then be tasked with selecting four fans who will then have the opportunity to meet him in person. So, so four swipes to the right. Well, four I swipes. mean, here's my question, though. The fans that want to meet Milik... Mm are going to be 90% male fans, football fans. You don't know that. I mean, I can assume that. I can fairly assume that. So now the, the guys in Napoli that want to find them have to turn their Tinder preference, who were, might have them on girls before, now oh, have to turn them into males a good point. to find Millie. It's a good point. Which, okay, but I'd like to caveat that the guys in Napoli who are trying to find Millie have probably already found him because they're all part of the mob. Ah, true. So who's left? Uh, they're, they're all on Tinder. So it's a Tinder mob. <laughs> I look forward to seeing who he selects. I really okay. do. So, we've got Holland, we've got Italy. I've got one from Macedonia. Obviously. <laughs> so, the tweet obviously started with, Meanwhile in Macedonia, and you know it's going to be good. Yep. So, it's a league game, and the player gets injured, and the, the ref calls on for the ambulance, or people, or whatever, the medics. And off the screen, all you see is literally a guy on a Segway, Good. Pushing a wheelbarrow <laughs> that has a cross on the wow. front. And he's actually zooming. Like There's smoke coming out of the back of the Segway. <laughs> he's zooming onto the field. And he goes up to the player, lifts him up, puts him in the wheelbarrow. That's he, quite he strong. That, and then the Segway pushes the wheelbarrow all the way back off the field. Like He's just having fun. So it it's was, legit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. It was him. It wasn't like some... It was fantastic. Right. The only problem with that is, you know, if someone's got a serious injury... Yes. 
putting you in a wheelbarrow puts you at a very odd angle. His leg, yeah, you can't, you can be like, flat. you can't be straight. No, was, was no. everyone laughing? I mean, the other players seemed a bit perplexed. Like this is the first time this has happened. Was the wheelbarrow faster than Modu Barrow? Ah, Modu Barrow is very fast. He is very quick. He is very quick. Um, but yeah, that's mine. That's huh? mine. I like it. Cool. <laughs> One thing where I know, Sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. Da la 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 liga. Da 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 Mohana, did anyone sing this to you while you were in Spain? No, I was not. I was not serenaded. He was not in Mexico. Wow, what? It's Alabama is a Mexican classic. It's in Spanish. So it's okay. Money continue. Uh, I mean, I more, apologize if I've offended anyone. More crazy than that, I, I have something more crazy. Las Palmas have offered Balotelli a one-year deal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Prince-Boateng and Mario Balotelli back together at last. Do I don't think any manager wants that. Wants that res- kind of responsibilities on his shoulders. Las Palmas do. <laughs> yeah, Las Palmas. To be fair, I offered him a deal for one year as well. Uh, what, what doing we? what? Setting fireworks off in your bathroom? Playing in a dance league for uh, UTC. Yeah. I mean, he would do quite well. Yeah, yeah he would. if but he then, showed up. But then he was like, "What? How will you make my tea?" And Roche said, "In a microwave." And he said, "No, <laughs> never." Yeah. Um, so that that's our Las Palmas uh, news. Yeah. Um, Real Madrid keep their place top of the table by beating Granada four 0 They're actually not top of the table. Well, okay, okay. Game in hand. Game in hand. I apologize. Um, but yeah, they've um, again all their subs played. Which yeah. is basically like 300 million worth of talent. This was a rotated 11. Yeah. And it was it was 4-0 in 34 minutes in this game. Yeah. It was uh, definitely rotated, especially when Benzema came on. It was rotund wow. at yeah. that point. Um, Benzema. Like, the Real Madrid fans have such a love-hate relationship with Benzema. It's amazing. Like, it, it's always on form. Like, Ronaldo can have a dip. Bale can have a dip. Uh, whatever. Modric can have a dip. And it's fine. We still understand he's a good place. Benzema, it's all about how he's playing at the time. We love him, he's doing great, and now we hate him, he's doing really bad. And seriously, he's missing so many chances, Morata should be playing over him, I don't know why he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I feel that's kind of the Bernabeu, like, you know, that's right. the standard thing. Is yeah. I mean, they'll whistle Ronaldo, they whistled Ronaldo a few and weeks ago. And he told them not to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know, he, he might be one of the few people that they, they'll listen to. But it's interesting, it is interesting, because if you look at the, the front three, and Gab Marcotti was writing about this today in his musings or whatever the thing yeah. is called. Um, so the BBC are averaging a goal every 150 minutes this season between them. But the second string, Morata, Asensio, Vazquez, have won every 190 minutes. But if you take penalties out of the mix, the difference is 181 and 190. So like the backup are doing pretty much just as well as the starting players. Well, that's what's really helping Zidane this season, is that he has a squad. Madrid actually now have a squad for a team that spends this amount of money. They should have two strings. And we're seeing that this season where... For the past few weeks since, you know, they've been in the latter stages of the Champions League, he's been playing that second string. Yeah. And that second string has players like, you know, James and Asensio and Morata. Asensio has been great. He's, he's taken over um, the pecking order from Lucas. He's fast. fast. He's, he's a fast player. Such a nice left foot. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of BBC, not, not to say anything, but they have 35 goals. We'll say something. So they have 35 goals combined in the league. Not yeah. bad. Messi has 35. Emerson sure. has 100. So they're not... Well, not, not in the league. Well, if you look they're at the goal not difference... Like, they're not really producing crazy numbers this season. No, I mean, this is the thing. If you look at the goal difference between Barcelona and Real Madrid, it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. But you're looking at a season in which Bale has been on and off. Benzema, as you said, has... Has, you know, has been had, rotund. Yes, always. <laughs> yeah. um, he's never been on a roll, despite... Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And Ronaldo has slowed down. In, I mean, he's been brilliant anyway with you know his goals, but more, more so in the Champions League than yeah. in the league. And so then you're looking at Morata, Asensio and Vasquez, and they're almost more exciting at this point. Not just because we've seen the other guys for years, but because they're a bit more dynamic, they're a bit more fluid, and they play for each other in the way yeah. that MSN plays for each other, as opposed to uh, Bale, Benzema and Ronaldo, who are more individuals that end up working together. True, true, I agree. But either way, Zidane, again, we keep talking about, is it brilliance? Is it just luck? Is it a, you know, a one-season wonder kind of thing? Blah, blah, blah. But he's done well to pick his teams at the right moments and not overplay players and make the right decisions. And you know what? So far, it's paid off. And Madrid could be the first team in history to win back-to-back Champions Leagues. They could win the double this yes, season with yes, the league. They very well could be. Yeah, It's, it's insane. Um, I mean, it's looking like a, a Real Madrid-Juventus final, and that will be, that will be astonishing. Yeah, That's I mean, the, the Champions League semifinals have... We thought it would be closer, but pretty much two teams are quite through at this point. You yes. know, I actually like Juventus in that final. Yeah. Oh, you think they'll win? I, 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 I think I think Madrid will win. Juventus will play the game better, but Madrid always come up with the goals. Just look at Ronaldo. Ronaldo. I was watching this game with my brother in Spain, and actually, just to touch on that against um, Atleti, Madrid played an absolute clinic. Like it was top top football as a team in transition. The way they set up, everything about them was perfect. Was it, was it magisterial? It was magisterial, and Ronaldo got literally three. Chances, three goals. Mm. And that's all it takes. And we have someone like Ronaldo. You look at his heat map. He's way above Benzema. He's literally their number nine. So this is something I actually wanted to discuss. Because you've got Ronaldo who's transitioning to to a striking role, essentially. There's not really any point in him being out on the left. Then you've got Benzema who's in and out. And then you've got um, Morata who has shown when he's been played that he is very, very good. Now, next season, Morata will leave if you don't guarantee him some playing time. He said if some, Benzema some... doesn't leave, he'll leave. This is the thing. Yeah. Now, if you're Real Madrid, I mean, in my opinion, you get rid of Benzema because he's over... It's his, time. He's over... Yeah, his he's, he's been at Madrid for 10 years now. Was, yeah, and, and he's done very he well to stay yeah. there for that long. But the point is, he's not going to get better, right? Like, he's exactly. on the decline. Yeah. So you make Morata the, the guy that splits the time with Ronaldo. Also, it saves you so much money. Yeah. You've got Morata already there. You're going to make money off the Benzema sale. Instead of going... For a hundred million Aubameyang or whatever you want to do, you have the guy sitting right there. Just let him play. But Florentino Perez is an idiot, and he probably will spend the hundred million. But this is the thing: if you do that, you can spend it on the the left sided attacking yeah. midfielder rather yeah. than the striker, Who, which Marcello? is easier. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did just sign. They actually they signed a left back, uh, Teo Hernandez, who they bought from Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Which is quite something. Yeah. Um, it just paid his release cause. So maybe, you know, they could play him left back and then put Marcelo up. up I mean, on the Marcelo wing. would be better than 90% of the wingers in this world. Anyways, yeah. uh, moving on. Uh, Barcelona beat Villarreal 4 1. And you was there. I was there. It was a. It, actually, the first half was quite shaky. Um, Barca had all the possession, like all of it. And, and what surprised me from both Barcelona games I saw is how much the ball. Because you don't see it in highlights. you gotta be a, you got to watch the full 90 minutes. Ter Stegen. And Pique and Umtiti. They're just playing a rondo all game. It's just the three of them <laughs> giving each other the ball in the tightest of places. Umtiti is surprisingly good on the ball. Um, Ter Stegen, he's literally in his six-yard box playing the ball across his goal mm. to like Pique, Alba, whoever, who are coming all the way to the corner flag to receive. I it, mean, there's a reason Pep wanted him. Yes, it's scary. Than it's actually scary to watch, but so much fun. Tell, tell us something else that we can't see on TV when you're watching Barcelona. Um... You can't see how much Messi just walks around. 
<laughs> he, okay. he, he walks around he like a pigeon walk, yeah he just walks around waiting for that moment until he, he gets the ball and then he explodes yes, it's yes, kind of it, like you yeah, it is yeah. It is. that's what Mohanad's trying to do he's trying to mirror his game out of, <laughs> but uh, Messi's by choice Messi. right yeah. <laughs> um, but it's literally it's the back it, it's all in the back that you don't see in the highlights it's just the pass 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 and then you get Busquets who drops in between you see the two center backs split mm-hmm. it's actually really fun to watch a game live because you can pick where you want to look and you know yeah. the one thing I noticed about Barca watching these games is Suarez is a very good player but he needs a bit more service than other people did sure. you notice the, that Suarez runs around like a madman Suarez runs around with his hands flailing around and his yes. head like an, bobbling around in all directions he's insane I'm, he's one of those guys where you're really glad he's a footballer because otherwise you'd be worried about him yeah. he'd be in jail for sure yes yeah. <laughs> he's crazy yeah. he's literally I see him run after a ball I'm like 90,000 people know that's going out. <laughs> Why are you chasing it down? Like, it makes no sense. Did you get you know? it? <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes he gets stuff and I'm like, wow, okay. Like, no one else thought you were. Anyways, um, great. First half was reminds me of Jamie Vardy, really. <laughs> <laughs> First half was tight and then Barcelona in the second half. Villarreal got tired. So this, um, is the, this is the part when they were coming towards your, your end of the yes, stadium. Yes, and then it was like 3-1, 4-1, and Neymar was just having so much fun in my corner. It was incredible to watch. When Neymar's in the mood, so, he was... So, so this was the part where Neymar did the turn and flicked the ball over the defender yes. right in front of your eyes. So he ran towards me as he was running towards the corner flag, stopped the ball, and then did that pirouette and flicked it over the guy's head, and the guy just looked so deflated. Did he give you a wink? Oh, yeah. Cheeky wink. He was like, that's for you, Mo. Yeah. He was pretty much doing like the running of the bulls. Like, <laughs> he was cooking, he was like yeah, cleaning. And, and then he, after he, he like, scored... He had enough time to like, like drop his drop it to his knees and do like a little somersault, little circle. After he actually flicked it over the guy, he raised his shirt over his head and it, it said UTC. Right. Listen to the Koshkast. I don't know if you guys saw that. No, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And hey, then he so also called good. me on speed dial. He did Facetime you the flick. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, anyway, so Barcelona keeping the pressure on Madrid. At this point, Madrid really should have this wrapped up, and they should. I think they. I think they won the double this season. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, it'd be interesting if Juventus lost another Champions League final. Because, okay, so if Madrid win the double, obviously they beat Juventus in the final, assuming that Juventus go through. But Juventus have won two and lost six Champions League finals. Yeah, they're not good in the Champions League final. No. But, no. I mean, the question is, does that kind of stuff actually matter? In some ways, I think it does. Okay. It, it's tough, it's tough. But it could, play, it could play a thing on your mind where you're like, oh, we've been here, we've lost again. This Maybe. This is a rematch of 1998, isn't it? Uh, this is a rematch of... Uh, was it or 2002? Madrid, what, no, 2002 was uh, yeah, Mario Leverkusen. Might have been, you're right, you're right, you're right. Well done, this is a dangle. No, that was 2002. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. 2002 was a yes. dangle, Leverkusen. Yes, right. 98, Peruzzi would have been there? Uh, possibly. Del Piero, Inzaghi? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 been there, yeah. Lovely stuff. All right, Let's um, move on to Syria. Yes, so in Italy this week, Juve, since we're talking about them, um, had the chance to win the title, but didn't. Um, in the Derby della Mole, the, uh, the Turin, Turin Derby, they drew 1-1, uh, ending a run of 33 home wins. Like an actual, yeah. an actual useful unbeaten run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I mean, they, they were losing 1-0 until the very end, and Higuain came out with the goods and scored uh, in the like, 91st minute yeah, of the game. Yeah, but what a goal. I mean, don't downplay it. It was, it was so... Higuain is another one of those where he looks like he shouldn't be playing football, but he scores so many goals. In the Champions League, he scored again like two or something. He's, he somehow just ends with the ball in the back of the net. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. It, uh, it's funny, actually, because Higuain went to Real Madrid at the same time as Benzema, or about close, yeah, and yeah. they fought it out they did. for that position. And Benzema won, and now they're both fat. 
Yes. Yeah. That's, that's really <laughs> yeah. all we learned from Same that. Exactly. I was, was going to compare Iguain's physique to Suarez's physique. Or Rooney. He's, Rooney, he's it's close, Rooney. It's close to Rooney. No, Rooney is like... On a separate level. That's yeah. fair. But to listen, be fair though, have you seen the wow. reaction of the Juventus players on the, on the bench after they um, got that 1-1 one, one against Turin? They were like celebrating as if... It, I mean, they were so happy to not lose the derby. You well, think, yeah. whatever, it's not a big deal, but it was. I well, because it would probably be really embarrassing for yeah. them. You know? Well, it's also the local derby. I think this game usually does have a lot of fireworks. But the thing is, Torino have never taken a point at this stadium. Like, they have <laughs> it at, at the Deli Alpi, but at, at the new stadium, at Juventus right. Stadium, never. And, and the other thing is that they were down to 10 men. So it really would have been embarrassing. I don't know if you saw the sending off, but Aqua got sent off for... Aqua? Yes. Um... And he didn't water it down. It was a full-blooded challenge. <laughs> but it, Give like, Alex it, half a chance and he'll score. <laughs> yes, he's the Higuain of the pod. He is, he is. <laughs> oh, wait, different physique. Um, but it, like, it was a full-blooded challenge, but he did get the ball. And Mihailovic just went absolutely bonkers. Yes. I mean, at the ref, at the fourth but official. But he likes to. At Viali. Yes, he does. But it, it was, yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, moving on, Inter lost 1-0 to Genoa. Standard. Standard. Inter I mean, shit. Yes, yeah, sure. there we are. It was, it was a f- <laughs> funny quote from uh, Stefano Pioli afterwards. He said, "The players want to give more, but they're just not managing it." I mean, sure, fair. <laughs> fair. Um, you know Zeko. what that sounds like? That sounds like every mom at like a summer camp. Like, yeah, you know, he's great, but like, you can't really be too hard on him. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I wish the mob felt that way. Once they're gonna, you know, ruin Inter players' lives soon. Sure. Well, um, they'd have to attend the games first. Three. Dzeko <laughs> is having another phenomenal season. Top scorer in the Serie A, looking so good. The Ooh. goal against every Milan. goal they scored in this game was precise finish, like a, literally like a torpedo with a laser guide into yeah, the corner. Yeah, it was fantastic. And not only that, Donnarumma also made like a couple of amazing diving stops he, he, in the first half. He, they were lucky to not be like six down. Yeah. He was making unbelievable stops, but Zeko with the finishing, the right, just the right moment, the right position, everything was perfect about his game. Mo Salah was just killing it with the pace. He's yep. so quick. You're, and Sharaw, Sharaw's goal. Oh, your Egyptian boys did well in this game. But, twin, but no, twin pyramids. I, yeah. I, I do want to, Fair you know, enough. flag Roma's finishing in this game because yes. it was particularly amazing. Everything was like a curling far post, curling yes. inside the post finish. And those are the best finishes that I like to watch. It's true. And they needed this win because they lost last week when, well, Napoli won and they need to retain second place. Um, the thing is, though, it looks like Spalletti is going to be off in the summer. Yeah. He is not... I mean, they're doing very well, but he's not particularly happy. He even said... Because the thing is, Totti just announced his retirement at the end of the season. Yes. Right? So after the game, after a 4-1 battering of Milan, the, the questions he got in the press conference were, well, why didn't you bring Totti on at 3-1? And he's just like, listen, I've managed here before. Yeah. I'm managing here now. It's the same questions for 10 years. I'm not his agent. And yeah, <laughs> like, I need to do what's best for the team yeah. and not Totti. And he said, he actually said, if I could go back, I would never have come back to manage Roma. Wow. It is, it is kind of amazing, though. Like, it just makes you think about how much control the media has over the mentality. Right? Yes. Like, if they just ask, if they just don't like the manager, they ask him all these questions yeah. and put him under all, these pres- all well, this pressure. It's exactly what the English media do with England managers, famously. Yeah. But they couldn't do it with Sir Alex no, for all those years. Across uh, the, other, the other side of Rome, I suppose... Um, Lazio 7, Sampdoria 3. <laughs> 10 goals. I mean, you got your money's worth. Yes, very um, much so. I think a couple of weeks ago, Lazio were 5-0 up in 29 minutes yeah, against just, uh, Atalanta or something. They're just smashing it. Yeah, they've right like now. doubled the, the goal scored in two match days. Yeah. Um, Napoli beat Cal- Cagliari 3-1. Um, Mertens, another two. 
He's he's fantastic. He's on fire. He's looking for a transfer. Why, why do you say that? Has he whispered in your ear? Yeah, he has. He, was, he had me on did speed dial. Did he get a step ladder to reach your ear? <laughs> well, while uh, Neymar was speed dialing me, uh, I had another incoming call from Mertens. Oh, so it was a conference call. <laughs> you, Mertens, and Neymar. Thanks for yeah. calling us in, bro. That all happened while Neymar <laughs> lobbed, lobbed the ball <laughs> over the defender. Sounds great, but you didn't get them on the pod. So that's, that's it. One, one last thing for, for Serie A. Uh, uh, Crotone, Roche's favorite team, because it sounds like croutons. Um, they beat Pescara to make it 14 points from their past six matches. Uh, Sorry, yeah. both these teams are names of food. Pescara? The fish? fish? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, what? Which yeah. means, which means <laughs> that they have taken as many points from the past six games as they did from the first 29 you know what? This is not the first Italian team to do this at the end of the season. Go in on. the year 2000, there was a team called Regina <laughs> who did exactly the same thing. <laughs> well, that, that was out of nowhere. I mean... That's amazing. I remember believe watching... It, believe it at your own <laughs> I was watching like Serie A Weekly as a wee lad. And like, I was watching this team get possessed and like beat Fiorentina week in, week out. So like out the Leicester of two seasons ago or whatever. Yeah, well, like 15. Except okay. these guys are still in the relegation zone. Yes, Crotone is still getting relegated. Yeah, so it's like it's the equivalent of the United run, but in, in Serie A's relegation zone. Yes. No, is there any chance they can get out of that relegation There is a chance, but it's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else before we, uh, we come back to this side of the world? Let's do the six. So, you know how in the MLS Cup at the end of last season, Seattle beat Toronto FC on penalties? Yes. Uh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember it because it was the coldest night of my life. It I was, almost lost a few toes with you. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, minus 12 in Toronto that day. It was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. Anyway, Without Toronto FC have exacted revenge. 1-0 in Seattle. I'd say more than that. More than that. No, it was just 1-0. <laughs> uh, was it exactly exacting revenge, though? No, I mean, it's obviously not on the same level, but, you know, yeah. it was nice to get. Especially because uh, Vanny rested Juvinko, rested Betashaw, rested Zavaleta and Vazquez. He's got a squad, mate. He's got a squad. He's got a squad, squad depth. He's pulling as a Dan right here. He actually said today that this is the deepest squad in MLS history, bro. <laughs> was he holding a skateboard? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but you know what? On a serious note, Toronto FC... Uh, started the game, the season with what I think they were one win one loss what? four draws. Why and, on a serious note? I was having fun. And yellow card, Mohamed. <laughs> and now they've won four games in a row and they're on top of the league. True, and because they did draw like four games in a row at the beginning of the season, so they're making up for it. He just said that. Oh, he said that. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't listening. I was that's, thinking about the fun. That's right. the second yellow for Mohamed. Oh, he's off. Oh. So late in the game, <laughs> it is two minutes to go. <laughs> I know. Anyway, um, it, it was a really good win. It was a really good win, especially after beating the what who were the league leaders Orlando on Wednesday um, to come to Seattle an away game three days three days rest sorry uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a uh, Freudian slip yes um, three days rest playing Seattle who are a very good team in form not many injuries and they ground out the win another fantastic save from Fry from Altador again he needs to sort off he needs yeah yes. well I mean he did but what, yes. a, what, what yes, a but hit by Altidore. Altidore, man of the match. Again, he's been, I think, better than Javinko this season yeah. so far. He's played really well. Um, this, he got the penalty himself, yeah. scored it himself. Um, and you know what? To grind out a 1-0 away from home, because we did talk in pre, I mean, last season especially, we, we did talk about how in MLS, away games are just 
there's no point. You, you Every, expect less. Yeah, of them, everybody sure. just wins their yeah. home games, and that's how you kind of make the playoffs. Away games in, in MLS don't don't matter. They don't matter. Yes, um, but, but to grind out on one nil away to such a good team was fantastic. Yeah, and and the reason they matter. I mean, you can make the playoffs by winning your home games and not doing too much yeah. else. You can, but the reason they matter is if you want to win the supporter shield and like finish top. And, and it, there aren't that many things you can win in yes. MLS, right? Yes. And that's one of them. So there you go. But the, I think the the amazing thing was to do it with the team that they. They put out. So you had Hernandez, uh, who I think made his debut, at least a debut at start back. at centre-back. Then you had Mavinga, who came in for his first start since the, the catastrophic <laughs> performance against um, yeah. Atlanta. And then with no Vasquez, Sheru played the deeper role. Mm. Bradley played the more advanced role, which gets him out, out the danger zone, which yes. is good because he's sloppy. Yes. And he then is. right and left wing back, Edwards and Morrow, which was nice. You should see him try um, and eat a spaghetti bolognese, mate. Who? <laughs> sloppy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Third yellow for <laughs> yes, yeah. Mistaken identity. Uh, but, but it was weird to see Edwards on the right side. Yeah. Because he is a left footed player and he has been doing well in that position. He has. But yeah, but shown, squad. Hashtag squad. Hashtag squad depth bro. Yeah. Um, he's shown that he's adaptable, which is great. But then the really interesting thing came in the line behind Altador Delgado and Chapman. Mm. Chapman, young Canadian player. Nice to see him getting minutes. And Delgado, who is so versatile, he's played central midfield, he's played as a kind of backup right wing back, and now here you go in a kind of loose number 10 role. Yeah, 3 4 2 1. Yeah. yeah good formation, actually, it's been working. It's, it's very on trend. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, TFC are one of the earlier teams to go three at the back. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, a few seasons ago now. They did it before the Premiership. Yes. I think that's where Kante got his formation. <laughs> yes, he was a pupil. Of Vanis. Greg Vanny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, TFC are probably one of the most, if not the most entertaining team to watch in the league. Um, and we're lucky to just have them so close. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, all right. we'll see you all next week. Yes. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.